You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. We have all been anointed, but we've also been given the power. I think it's interesting that a revival started from people who just saw what Jesus did. They went out and his fame spread throughout the land. His fame spread throughout the land. Mmm. It is one of my goals to make Jesus, Jesus, famous again. Not infamous, famous. Something we see every day is the sad reality of churches bending to the whims of the world. Whether it's because of social pressures, innovations in science, or a thirst for relevance, too often the church changes its morals. In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to secure your place in heaven and be saved, you must never lose faith in who you know that God is. No matter what the world tells you, God's perfect love will never change. Remain in His perfect promises. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Mark, chapter 1, as he continues his message, The Devil in Blue Jeans. He's been working too hard, too much sawdust in the brain. Uh Uh-uh. Mark tells us that they were amazed at his teaching. The Greek verb is to strike with astonishment. Jesus read Isaiah 61, then he began to expound on it. We don't know what all he said because we're not told in the Bible. But we know that he taught. We know that he shared. We know that he began to expound on this. And as he taught deeply spiritual things, they were amazed. They were astonished. They were dumbstruck by the things that were coming out of his mouth. Because this is not the normal Jesus they're used to standing up and reading. Matthew tells us that Jesus went about all Galilee when he came out of the wilderness teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. But his first stop was his own home synagogue in Nazareth. Now, they said about his teaching, it's with authority, and he's not teaching us like the scribes do. What did the scribes teach like? It was filled with tradition, empty tradition, that meant absolutely nothing. It neglected judgment and mercy and faith, and this Jesus told us. And they did not walk their talk. Jesus stood up and he began to preach the word of God and teach the word of God with authority. Something was very different. It was the power of the Spirit. It was his moment, his hour to begin. Now the effect of Jesus' teaching in the power of the Spirit was immediate. Here's what happened. The Bible says a man with an unclean spirit sitting in church, sitting there probably every week, a man with a demon spirit, cried out saying, now, y'all, use your sanctified imagination with me for a minute. You're in church, you're in the synagogue, and you talk about structured, and you talk about ordered, and you talk about the same old, same old, you talk about something new never happening. You talking about old, crusty, dead, religious tradition. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, the the, the carpenter of Nazareth, known by everybody, stands up and says, today, this is fulfilled in your ears. And he began to expound beautiful spiritual truth. And suddenly, out of the crowd, 
One man says, leave us alone. Now we're moving into another dimension, not only of sight and sound, but mind. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. That's, that's the twilight zone. We're moving into another dimension because now you see Jesus is in the power of the Spirit. And he is, he is confronting and affecting and aggravating and intimidating evil spirits. So immediately, Mark launches us into the supernatural. This is now the supernatural. No more carpenter, no more same old, same old. Something supernatural is happening in church. The man was so absolutely in the power of this evil spirit that he seemed to dwell in him. As a matter of fact, the Greek reads this way, a man in an unclean spirit cried out. The original Greek uses E-N, N, in, a man in an unclean spirit. He was so possessed by this devil that he seemed to be swallowed up in this devil. It reminds me where John says in 1 John 1, 19, talks about the whole world lying in the power of the evil one. And our world is in the power of the evil one, y'all. I want this Jesus in church. I don't want a a traditional Jesus. I don't want a dead Jesus. I don't want a Jesus I've made up. I don't want a Jesus you've made up. I want the real Jesus, the one who stands and ministers to the people. So, So a man in an unclean spirit cried out. Now, I see several things in this story And I want to bring this out. First of all, the cry from the demon erupted before Jesus even addressed him. This is the power of the Spirit. This is the power of God's Spirit when he moves. I had a lady tell me this week, when I walked into your church for the very first time and walked in the doors, I suddenly felt the Holy Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. He came out in the power of the Spirit And it was the power of the Spirit resting on him that did what we're going to look at. The demon could not stand being in the presence of the power of the Spirit. This is why it's not that you got to have a bunch of money. You don't need a fabulous building. But what you do need if you're going to have real church is the presence of the Spirit of God moving in church. This is a fascinating story because the cry from the demon came out when Jesus was just reading the Bible. There was an instant recognition in the spirit world of the anointed Messiah. They immediately, it immediately, everything transcended flesh and blood and it, it was catapulted into the realm of the spirit world. Jesus and the power of the Spirit, and this man sitting out there tormented by demon spirits. And he said, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Did this ever happen when Jesus stood up to read before? Never. Why now? Because it was in the power of the Spirit he read, and it was his time to launch into his ministry. So Jesus immediately confronted evil spirits. 
the demon revealed the fate of all demons. He said, did you come to destroy us before the time? Wow. Mm -mm. Now, I don't want to say that I could ever let a demon preach, but I got to tell you, this demon preached because, first of all, he said, I know that you're going to destroy us one day. I know that our days are numbered because you're going to destroy us. Did you know that the devil's days are numbered? And I'm talking about the real fallen archangel, not a silly little creature, the real fallen archangel, Satan, Lucifer, who has troubled the nations and rebelled against God, his days are numbered, and all of the demon spirits that followed with him. John said in Revelations 20, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a, I like that, shut him up, and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more. The nations of the world are deceived by the devil. They are deceived by the devil. But the day is coming when an angel is going to seize him, throw him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up. And this devil knew, here's the, here's the one who's going to destroy us when our judgment comes. It's going to be Jesus. That's why I tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you're under attack, I want to promise you for every devil attacking you, there are three angels on your side, plus God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And I want you to notice, this demon was terrified, terrified. So much so that he blew his cover. He blew his cover. I'm sitting in church. Nobody's noticed me. But here comes Jesus, and he's under such an anointing, I can't stand it. I can't sit here. I can't allow this person I'm inhabiting to sit here. And he blew his cover because of the presence of the anointing. That's why I tell you, if you're in a church where God is moving and you got a devil, you're not going to be comfortable. You're not going to be comfortable where the Spirit of God is moving. The preaching of Jesus had thrown the whole world of evil spirits into a state of alarm. They were terrified, absolutely terrified. Matthew tells us that as soon as Jesus emerged from the showdown in the desert, total pandemonium was wreaked on Satan's kingdom. Everywhere Jesus went, we're told he went about doing good, healing all. Can you say with me all who were oppressed of the devil? So Jesus' ministry here in Mark launched out in its very beginning tells us something. That our real enemy is not flesh and blood. Our real foe is not human beings. But the real enemy is in hiding. The real enemy is stealth-like. The real enemy is undercover. And the only thing that really flushes him out is the name of Jesus, the power of God's Spirit moving, and the blood of the Lamb. But where those things are present and preached, they lose their cover. They are exposed. They are destroyed. They lose their grip. 
Satanic assignments are canceled where Jesus is moving. They were so terrified of him. Jesus said, the Greek word is muzzled. Be muzzled and come out of him. Now I'll give you the revised Wickwire paraphrase. Shut up <laughs> and come out of him. And the Bible says the demon spirit convulsed the man, cried out with a loud voice, and came out of him. Now you gotta imagine the people sitting there. You're talking about freaked out, baby. Because this all happens. They've never seen this before. And you know, when I read this, and I read about this demon convulsing him and throwing him down and coming out with a scream, again, going to Luke instead of just staying with Mark, Luke adds that when the devil had thrown him down, he came out of him having done him no hurt. So when Jesus delivers you, he's not gonna let the devil hurt you on the way out. It, it did him no hurt. Now, several things strike me here. Let me just go over them for a little bit. First of all, let's just get right down to where you and I live. The devil, right here in this story, was totally comfortable going to church. Totally comfortable going to church until Jesus showed up in the power of the Spirit. He was totally comfortable sitting out there, totally comfortable while the word was read by dead people who were walking in tradition and not life. He was totally comfortable. He was not stirred, not threatened, not intimidated, not anything until Jesus showed up in church in the power of the Spirit. Now, saints of God, can I impress upon you how important it is in our day, our day of addictions, our day of the occult, our day of deception, our day when demonic activity is so rampant and so active. Uh, can I, I can't impress upon you strongly enough how badly we need the power of God's Spirit moving in church, exposing the works of the devil, setting people free, snapping the chains, letting them go, breaking addictions, exposing deception. I mean, letting the prisoner out of his prison. This is what is supposed to happen in church. And it says that Jesus stood up and said, I have been anointed. I'm the anointed one. Now, when you read that word anointed, it simply means consecrated. In the Old Testament, kings, priests, and prophets were anointed. You remember when David was anointed by Samuel. Samuel called him forth and said, there's the next king, and he poured oil on him, and he anointed him. And that means that David was consecrated to be king. So, anointing means to be set apart for something. But power is dunamis. It is the ability to see supernatural miracles. Jesus was anointed to be the one to set people free. But it was the power of the Spirit where the job was done. You have been anointed to be a king and a priest under God. I want you to say with me, I'm a priest. You are a chosen generation, Peter said a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people. So you have been anointed. You have been consecrated. But on the day of Pentecost, God gave the power to get the job done. 
And it's the power of the Spirit we need in church. It strikes me that this demon spirit wasn't threatened or disturbed at all until the power of the Spirit rested on the anointed one. You sitting there are an anointed one, and the power of God's Spirit is resting on you. And if we will walk in the power of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit will bring to pass miracles around us, because that's what power does. This synagogue was so dead, so lifeless, this demon spirit was right at home. I wonder how many demons are at home in churches all over America. You know, I read a lot of history. I read a lot of church history. If you want to know what the devil's primary attack against the church in America has been, I'll tell you what it's been. It began around the turn of the 20th century, 1900s. The devil began to invade the seminaries, those that churned out the preachers. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, there was a movement called higher criticism. And higher criticism meant that you got into the Bible to pick it apart instead of letting it pick you apart. And everything in it became questioned. So that at the turn of the century, the seminaries that were supposed to be training preachers to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, and see people freed and saved and delivered and so on and so forth. These seminaries began to turn out preachers who weren't sure about anything, who thought that their job was to tell the people, now we're not sure if God said this or if God said that or if he meant this or if he meant that. There might be two Isaiahs. We're not sure we've got the original manuscript, blah, 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 blah. And they came out ministering unbelief. And they began to multiply sheep after their own kind. It took about a generation until finally in America now, many of the churches, I would say more than half the churches in America, and I'll bet you I'm not wrong on this, have thrown this out the window have laid it down, and have said, don't believe it anymore, don't preach it anymore. My job is to stand up and give three points in a poem to give you a feel-good message, to tickle your ear, to make you feel good about yourself and about your sin and about your life. And I'm not going to use the word sin anymore or cross anymore or blood anymore or salvation anymore or certainly not hell anymore. I'm just going to give you feel-good messages. And what it's producing is churches the devil feels quite at home in. Come on, everybody. Quite at home. Because these rabbis of Jesus' day had long ago given up on the Word of God as being a viable source of life. And they had just turned to dead tradition. So all they had in there was death. And so demons were not threatened. And in churches all over our land and all over Europe, you're no longer hearing anointed messages in the power of the Spirit that set people free. And it breaks my heart. Now, I know it's got to break God's heart. But I'm telling you, here, and, 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 and I'm going to run with people too, who believe that God gave the church the power of the Spirit and the Word of God to preach in the power of the Spirit. And if we will do that, we will see the bound go free. We will see the deceived delivered and saved, and salvation will cover the land. Our nation needs a move of God. And it's only going to come this way.
Acts 10, 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How many of you are sick and tired of dry, dead, feel-good religion, and you want to see God move again? You want to see God move again? Jesus said that him casting out a devil was a sign that the kingdom of God had come. He said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So where the kingdom of God is present, demons are called to task and cast out and defeated and people are set free. It was the word Jesus preached, the devil couldn't stand. Suddenly the beehive of satanic oppression was stirred. You know, uh, on a Sunday morning when I am preaching the word, I can tell people who are uncomfortable. I don't mean to make them uncomfortable. I don't think that I do make them uncomfortable. But when I really get moving I'm very aware in preaching the word, I see people fidgeting, and I can see them thinking, how did I get in here? Who brought me here? And if I can only get out of here this time, ain't never gonna see me again. And by the end of the service, they're in the altar getting saved. See, because listen, the word of God meddles with your stuff. And when it's under the power of the spirit, he's gonna meddle with you, but it sets you free. It was the word Jesus preached. There is a power in the word preached with authority. Say, he doesn't care about platitudes, worldly opinions, good ideas. He could care less how educated you are, charismatic you are, intelligent you are, how much money you have, or how big your building is. He could care less. Doesn't bother him a bit. He'll sit in church, very comfortable. But you let somebody stand up and preach the word, oh, bar the doors. Remember that old commercial? And I'm gonna close with this. The old commercial where there's a bunch of cockroaches walking around on the floor. And they're cartoonish and they're walking around chatting with each other. And suddenly their faces fill with terror. And they're shown, or we're shown, suddenly a can of raid. <laughs> and about the same time they all yell raid. And they scatter. And here comes the can of raid walking up. Uh-huh. Now, it was that day, it was that way when Jesus preached the word. They were sitting out there just fine until he came in. And then they scattered. So, folks, the devil knows exactly who Jesus is. It's the power of the Spirit that did the work and we have all been anointed, but we've also been given the power. I think it's interesting that a revival started from people who just saw what Jesus did. They went out and his fame spread throughout the land. His fame spread throughout the land. Mmm. It is one of my goals to make Jesus, Jesus, famous again not infamous, famous. I'm just gonna let Jesus be Jesus. He can do it all on his own. But if you hang around here, you're gonna hear Jesus preach every which way but loose. And you go out there and you get, you get people who need him. You get people who need him. In our word from Pastor Jeff today, 
we were taught how to confront the difficulties of being a Christian in our current society. Everywhere we turn, we see both churches and people alike changing beliefs purely for the sake of keeping up appearances. You must never forget the importance of remaining true to what you know God's gospel to be. It has never changed and will never change despite what the lies of the world tell you. Jesus himself went to church and made a point to quote passages of scripture from the Old Testament. Never lose sight of what matters most. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. That number once more is 817-484-4767 and text GIVE. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today. And thanks for listening. Daniel has more to tell you about what's ahead on the upcoming edition. In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants to show you what it means to know that you know who Jesus is in your life. As Christians, we can get so caught up in our mundane routines of life that we forget to truly seek after the Lord methodically. No matter how good you feel or well you feel life is going, you will never be able to do enough to save yourself. Remain steadfast in the promise of God's perfect grace and let His power shine through you. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.